You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our TC podcast. I'm Ilana Singer, Chair of the Toronto Centre Securities Advisory Board. Today, we will be discussing an initiative undertaken by the Autorité des Marchés Financiers in Quebec, Canada, to explore and understand new technologies in the market, and to assist startup firms in complying with securities regulations in Quebec. There is no doubt that fintech, or financial technology, has already had a profound impact on financial services and capital markets. FinTech has the potential to increase efficiency, accessibility, and transparency in the industry, among other things. Securities regulators and supervisors have the challenge of encouraging FinTech innovations while maintaining investor confidence and protections in the capital markets. To learn about what the AMF in Quebec is doing, I am thrilled to be joined today by Liz Estelle Brault, the Senior Director of Fintech, Innovation and Derivatives at the AMF. Liz Estelle oversees the AMF's Fintech and Innovation Initiative and chairs the AMF's Technological Innovation Advisory Committee. She also chairs the IOSCO Fintech Network DLT Workstream and co-chairs the CPMI IOSCO Joint Working Group on Digital Innovation. Prior to joining the AMF, Lise Estelle gained 10 years of experience in financial risk management at the Caisse de Dépôt et Placement du Québec and at PSP Investments. Welcome, Lise Estelle. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here, Ilana. Well, let me start with this first question that is probably on everyone's mind. Why is it so important to assist fintech startups? Well, fintech startups are startups, right? They are small companies. And if as a society, as a country, we value innovation, we value new ideas, we value new business models, uh, we want to create you know, economic growth and have jobs, then we have to take care of our startups. Um, fintech startups are perhaps a little different in that the financial, you know, the financial systems, the financial markets is a highly regulated um, space. So for startups, um, regulation might not come to mind when they are developing their business model or when they are thinking about um, the products they want to sell. Um, and it's important for them to take regulation into account at an early stage uh, because once you're done developing your business model, it's kind of bad news when you realize suddenly that there's that regulatory burden that you have to shoulder and you didn't take it into account or 
you know, your plans to enter the market are suddenly delayed or perhaps stopped because, wow, you need registration and you didn't think of it. So um, we want to help startups by being in the fintech uh, community in Montreal, in Quebec, uh, interacting with them, learning about what they're thinking about and create these opportunities to tell them about regulation and create that relationship at this early stage for them to grow, but to grow within the regulatory framework. You have described some very tangible benefits that fintechs can bring to the industry and the markets. What, in your view, is the biggest challenge when working with fintechs with respect to their new technological innovations? Um, In terms of challenge, I would start by explaining this concept of culture lag. Um, Culture lag is this phenomenon by which um, it takes time for society, for uh, regulation to catch up with innovation. Uh, If you go back 150 years ago, when we first had cars, um, there was no driver license, there was no road, there was, I mean, the society had to develop around cars and it took 150 years to get where we are today. Um, If you look on Wikipedia, you can read about the red flag regulation that existed in the UK in the year around 1865, whereby it was a rule that if you had a motor car, you had to have someone walking in front of it and waving a flag so that people would get out of the way. Um, and And so at the beginning, you know, the regulators are trying to grasp this, this, this evolution, the innovation, the, the new technologies, business model. And we, you know, it takes time before we as a society, we as regulators, we get it right. Um, and so that is a challenge today. Uh, AI, blockchain, this is not necessarily easy to understand when you're, you've not been working with technology before. And so what are the risks? What are, um, you know, the consideration, investor protection, um, all these different elements we have to think about, it's not necessarily obvious at the onset. So regulators are living the cultural lag right now. Um, But on the other hand, entrepreneurs, they need regulatory certainty. They want the rules done now. They want to to raise funds to be able to survive another 12 months, another 18 months. They need to show um, investors that, you know, there's no regulatory risk. There's no surprises that can come down the road to make their business model, like, not good anymore. Um, And so it is very difficult to satisfy these two sides of the coin at the same time. We want to provide the certainty that entrepreneurs need, but at the same time, if we're going to do regulation, it needs to be good regulation. Not talking about getting it perfect the first time around, but at least not creating uh, really severe unintended consequences by trying to move ahead too fast.
I am sure that many of our listeners can relate to those challenges. I know that I can. Now, since we are on the topic of challenges, I presume that the AMS needs to understand most, if not all, of the technical aspects of these new technologies. In particular, this understanding is necessary when the AMF is identifying risks and determining necessary controls and requirements. How have AMF staff, such as yourself and your teams, familiarized themselves with this technology? Well, this is a very good question and it's, it's incredibly relevant. Um, yes, we do need to understand the technology. We obviously are going to do a much better job if we do. Um, one example, uh, I think 18 months ago, maybe two years ago, um, we were presented with an applicant that wanted to raise capital through an initial coin offering, an ICO. And it was obviously the first ICO that we were dealing with. And it's very difficult for a team of people that are not familiar with tokens or blockchain to correctly assess the risk and see, well, how is this really similar to an IPO? How should this be treated differently than other means to raise capital? And so um, we used uh, back then our FinTech lab to create our own token. We called it the AMF coin. We've created it on screen um, as a training session for all the staff working on the ICO um, that allowed them to at least see how a token was created, to understand how easy it is to create a token, but it's just taking a peep into, um, into the car engine um, to get this better understanding. And it was very helpful in the steps um, that came afterwards. Uh, the, the FinTech Lab is an idea that we, uh, we proposed, I think in 2017, knowing that we needed to better understand blockchain and, and AI. Uh, we, need to, we needed to better understand them for uh, our role facing the industry. But also, I, you know, I sense that there were many uses that we ourselves could do of these new technology and improve our own processes. But the thing is, regulators are resource constrained and I just didn't see myself trying to get like two or three full-time position uh, for a team like that. And it is um, in a conference uh, that I was uh, attending with one of my colleagues, an IT engineer, and at the end of a talk on blockchain, he leaned to me, and he's a young guy, right? He's in his 30s. He leaned to me and he said, you know, all that technology that didn't exist when I was at school, I bet they're teaching it today. And I went like, wow, this is the idea. We're going to offer internships. We're not going to create new positions. We're going to get students to come spend six months with us we will get the benefit of all their knowledge of these you know, technologies that are all new and that no one has a lot of experience in. And they are going to get the benefit of putting the regulator's name on their resume. 
and it works really well. Um, they are coming in, they, we, we give them problems to solve. And um, we have like students uh, looking at blockchains, blockchain that are working with our enforcement team, trying to develop tools to follow tokens and ledgers. Um, we have natural language processing students coming in to help us create tools to be more productive in reviewing press releases and other forums that are sent to us in vast quantities. And it gives us the opportunity to understand what these technologies can do. You cannot really have an idea to apply a technology when you, you do not know it exists. Now we know it exists. And um, I mean, the list of problems to solve is ever increasing. But it is, yes, this, this way of working with the universities, the professors, their students, um, the way we manage to do that knowledge transfer, that is, I think, a win-win situation for all parties involved. Now, I am sure that as the fintech community learns from the AMF about securities regulation and supervision, the AMF is itself also learning a lot from engaging with the fintech community. What are some of the most valuable lessons that you believe the AMF has learned in this regard? Um, the, the fintechs, they, they do not speak the same language as large financial institutions or uh, securities dealers, um, insurance companies. They have their own culture, they have their own language. Um, and I believe it's important for the regulator to try to learn to speak that language too. Um, and it's, it's all about culture. So the FinTech Lab has helped us better understand the technology, better understand what really motivates, um, you know, the owners and the founders of FinTech to try to do something with that technology. Um, we've also, you know, we make an effort to be present in the ecosystem, to attend meetups, to, um, to go to the conferences, to go to the hackathons, to submit problems to the different hackathons uh, taking place and just be present, listen, and be available. And we do not dress as regulators when we go. We, we take out our jeans and we take out our t-shirts and baskets and really try to um, yes, be available, be accessible for that distinct community, um, making them think that the regulator is not this bunch of you know bad and scary people, but rather regulator is accessible and can help me in my project. Given what you've learned and the years that you've spent at the AMF, our listeners would like to get your view on securities law as it relates to fintech. How do you believe securities law can keep pace with fintechs in an environment where everything is constantly evolving and changing? It is difficult. I don't think it's possible. And I don't think it's desirable either. Um, 
we do not want the regulator to be leading the parade. Uh, it has to be entrepreneurs. It has to be, um, you know, the, the businesses, the industry, um, ahead of the parade, coming up with the innovation. And the regulator is behind, okay, but cannot be too far behind because then we get issues of market efficiency, perhaps, or investor protection, more likely. Um, but at the same time, trying to uh, move in with regulation too fast will just stifle that innovation. And this is clearly not what we want to do. So keeping up, yes. Understanding what's going on, yes. Being aware of what people in your market are thinking about, absolutely. Uh, but there is this necessary period where we have to observe and understand and talk to our colleagues also from, you know, the international community so that we all move towards the same standard. Thank you, Lisa Stell. Those are great insights. Now I'd like to shift gears a little and look internationally. You chair the IOSCO FinTech Network DLT Workstream and co-chair the CPMI IOSCO Joint Working Group on Digital Innovation. You sound very busy, I must say. Now, why is international collaboration and harmonization with other regulators and supervisors in this area particularly important? I can think of two reasons. Um, the first one, we're all facing the same issue. And it's much easier to deal with these issues when you can leverage up what your colleagues from other jurisdictions have done. Uh, when we can, you know, get together and think about something together, um, you know, it goes faster. It, it, we, go, we go further into the problem than if we try to resolve it all on our own. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that these new technologies they do not care about geopolitical boundaries, right? Uh, they just go global. Um, geopolitical boundaries are important for regulators, though. Uh, and it doesn't need to be fintech. We, we are dealing today, 10 years after the financial crisis, with market fragmentation that was created by regulation aiming you know, to the OTC derivatives market. Um, if we do not work all together uh, with the same standards, with the same timing of implementation, which I agree is kind of an ideal that will rarely be met, but as much as possible to have level playing field across the globe for these new technologies and business models. Um, Otherwise, we'll just get into the same issues again of market fragmentation and create jurisdictions where it's easy to set up a firm using these technologies, I'm thinking especially about cryptocurrencies versus other ones where it's not going to be the same thing. And it creates a lot of issues for these entrepreneurs trying to be global. Given what you've just described, I'm sure there is a lot of effort put in by the AMF and also by the international working groups that you lead. What are some unique challenges in achieving international collaboration and harmonization in this fintech space? 
Well, clearly there are a lot of people around the table. Um, and this is normal. This is, um, this is a reality that we have to deal with. Different interests, different political orientation, um, getting everyone at the same time um, you know, to the same ideas or the same concepts or standards is a long process. And it's okay. Uh, this, is, this is how it is. Through this process, there are a lot of information sharing. There is a lot of learning that's being done too that is important to get at the final stage with regulation uh, that is adequate, that takes into account the differences that exist between all the different countries, um, but that at the same time uh, mitigates as much as possible this risk of market fragmentation. This session has been very insightful, but it's unfortunately time to conclude. In your view, is it possible for regulators and supervisors to promote financial innovation while also protecting consumers and the markets? Absolutely. I believe that the role of regulators is, is first and foremost a role of balancing different forces, different um, interests. Uh, financial innovation is one, is market in efficiency, investor protection, economic growth, uh, financial stability. Uh, depending on you know who you are in the world, your mandate as a regulator can encompass many of these things that sometimes are contradictory to a certain extent. And certainly if you put all your energy into, let's say, promoting innovation, well, maybe your mandate as investor protection will suffer. So it's, it's a question of balance. It's not easy finding the right equilibrium. It can shift through time depending on the needs of your market. Um, but it's not one or the other. Uh, it can certainly, uh, with a bit of effort, uh, you can meet all these different interests and allow for all of these forces to exist at the same time in your country. Thanks, Lisa Stell. I really wish we had more time to discuss. But even in the short time we've spent together, I am taking away three key points. First, the important role that fintechs play in the financial sector and the economy as a whole. Second, the fact that regulators and supervisors should really work towards speaking the same language, being present and remaining available within the fintech ecosystem. Third and finally, the importance of international collaboration and harmonization for regulators and supervisors in the fintech space. Thanks again, Lisa Stell, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to provide us with your valuable insights. I would also like to thank all of the listeners of this podcast. The Toronto Centre Securities Advisory Board is currently working on a number of different podcasts regarding current initiatives relevant to capital markets. Please check back on the Toronto Centre website regularly. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.